Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. 15. Nice. Not too bad for first roll of 2019. Hell yeah. A good... Uh, first show roll for your yeah, new dice. Yeah, in, yes. in this game system, Good that's omen. basically a 20, according to Travis. <laughs> it's true. We learned this week. That's the most natural of 20, 20 pluses. <laughs> We're good. Well, welcome back, everybody. Thank you. Assuming you're talking to us and not our listeners. <laughs> you, our <laughs> listeners, the McElroys, Yay. all of us. Just the podcasting zone in general was just like, <laughs> sleep now, podcasters. <laughs> Awaken, renewed in the new year. And I like to believe that we did. It's a natural podcast hibernation time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, we rolled a 15. We, I take credit for this too. <laughs> I was there. It's the royal 15, that rule. That's <laughs> right. It's a 15 for the Commonwealth. We can all enjoy this. And so listen, to get us right into, unless we, do we want to like chat about the holidays? I feel like we all no. just... Technically, I did spend the holidays with the McElroys, I guess, didn't I? (laughs) You did. Tell us about uh, your little trip to lovely West Virginia. Yeah, I definitely, I took the very long way to West Virginia, admittedly, but um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I did get to see snow, which is is nice, since I do not see snow in Florida, and if I do, I should be very concerned. But, uh, Absolutely. but yeah, no, Huntington is, um, I've been through Huntington on the way to somewhere else, which is probably the experience most people have had of it if they've been anywhere near it. <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't have any reason to stop before, but, um, it's actually quite nice. It's very lovely. And we saw a bunch of places where they filmed, uh, the Mabim Bam TV show and, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, Justin approved of our choice in pizza places. So that was nice Great. <laughs> and recommended good, somewhere good. to get donuts, which were very good. Uh, and we had a a lovely candle nights with a lot of, of very nice fans, um, in a very intimate setting, uh, which was done up lovely and the shows were great and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It looked great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was, it felt very, I know it was candle nights, but it did feel very, uh, holiday celebratory Christmassy. Felt very festive. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad you got to go. And if anybody else was there, now they know that they were in the presence of greatness. I, yeah, n- not so much, but <laughs> but our but I will say that our uh, our guest host, occasional guest host uh, Emily Cardamus, was um, the artist for the poster for the Candle Nights poster at the show. Oh, very awesome! That they were selling to benefit charity, so so that's super cool. That's so absolutely that's know. extremely yeah. cool. Yeah, and we got to do the the whole. I mean, it was a secret. I mean, some of us knew. I I did know because we host a podcast together, also. <laughs> so you mm-hmm. know, podcast secrecy that's rules right. apply. But um. But yes, yeah, so we got to do the thing where you point at somebody in the audience, which is always a lot of fun. <laughs> Embarrass her in public. Mm-hmm. Gotta <laughs> love embarrassing your friends in public. That's what friends are for. And if you are like Brittany and I and you couldn't be there live at the show, at least we can go still listen to it on yeah. our podcast apps. Because Candle Nights is always, mm-hmm. except for right now, because it's time to talk about a lunar interlude. <laughs> Although I still complain. That it's called a lunar interlude. Always complain because I have to complain. It's 2019. <laughs> but the but the moon is like you know, a measurement of time, though. Like you don't have it's to be still, on the moon exactly. for it to be a lunar interlude. I guess <laughs> you got a galaxy that, brain. Like, this <laughs> you don't gotta be on the moon, Brittany. Come on. <laughs> I'll stop building my rocket ship now. Fine. <laughs> right. So we do kind of start out not even in amnesty really and uh listen i can't weigh in on any of their blue collar comedy tour jokes but for what it's worth the one i really appreciated that was larry the fable guy i i appreciate that was extremely good yeah i have to say they were all very good like very when he said ron the white for a palette i was like holy shit we're in it now this is perfection and then they just kept roll i was like oh I, I got very excited and said, I can't wait till next semester. And then I remembered my actual human words and said, wait, no, I can't wait till next season. This is going to be fantastic. And then they could even call it um, the Adventure Zone funny. Like, I think it's a slam dunk. 
I'm just assuming it's going to be bonus content, but uh, I, yes, it would be oh, extremely geez. good bonus content. It really would. Very they were good. so on their feet and on the ball with all of those jokes <laughs> that went on for like three minutes. That yeah. I'm like, Heather, you've all thought of this before. This is not their first time. Absolutely not. <laughs> so who knows? We might see it in some bonus content eventually. Fingers crossed. It'll <laughs> be wonderful. Um, and I've got a question. Shoot. And maybe you girls can answer it. Maybe you can't. I don't know. But can <laughs> someone explain Freeform to me? Like, I don't. Form like, when concept? Griffin. No, no, no. When Griffin was talking about how they've been doing this uh, Monster of the Week more freeform. Yeah. Like, or now it's less freeform. Less structured. That's the how I took it. Opposite of structured. Okay. I just, I see it in, like, fan fiction a lot, and they're like, Freeform. I was like, what the hell does that mean? It, well, it's it's also know. a TV network, so... It is also. You may I did know that, because Shadowhunters is not, on it, and I love Shadowhunters. Yeah. Shadowhunters <laughs> that was, that was, was not it. Oh, they didn't get renewed. Uh, yeah, but that was not um, that was not the Freeform he was referring to, as far as I know. No. I did capitalize it, though. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> Adventure Zone meant. Amnesty coming to, coming to oh, Freeform. man. Oh, that'd be so good. I'm not sure Let's it has enough teams. Happen. But wow, that's good. <laughs> but yeah, I took it to mean that um, since just in general, Monster of the Week is a little bit more. It, it's not as like when you think of balance in the way that Griffin wrote and plotted out and the way it moves. Mm-hmm. Right. I okay. feel like that's so like he what couldn't he pre-plan quite as much. Exactly. That's how yeah. I took it. Yes. Although like, I, I think he's he... got he's got like a skeleton going on and then they kind of and they're the meat yeah ew (laughs) could it be like bread and sandwich like a sandwich kind of thing maybe instead listen he's he's got the bone wait how do you (laughs) i don't know (laughs) does your bread do your sandwiches have skeletons and no 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 i meant is put like structure instead of starting with a skeleton a different metaphor for structure not not a skeleton sandwich this is not where i was going skeleton sandwich <laughs> sounds like sandwich shop built in 1998 <laughs> where are we this is terrible see this is this is what happens when you start doing the adventure zone freeform and then we're trying to do something about the adventure zone freeform and then it just all falls apart, doesn't it? Ah, oh, then we've devolved, um, and now we're running a sandwich shop. <laughs> I think. I think ultimately, the point that that um, Griffin was trying to make was just about like not being completely sure how far they are through this arc versus yeah. balance. That it's a less, maybe a less structured storyline that that he has fewer marker points for, like specific marker points that they have to reach. Yes, that's how um, I took it. Gotcha. I was surprised when he said that. He thinks they're about halfway because I would have guessed maybe about a third. Although, if I had actually done math, which of course I couldn't be bothered to do, I think in terms of number of episodes that they were expecting versus a number of episodes they've done, then it is about it's getting to be close to half. I think they said sixty maybe um, initially that they were thinking they would do. Um, Which I mean, but that seems like too many. So I don't I don't remember how many they said. Maybe forty because then that would be halfway because they wanted it to be shorter than balance and balance was sixty nine. Of course. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I was surprised too when he said about about halfway. Mm. I don't know why. Not that I was expecting anything in particular, but it was almost just like suddenly putting a number yeah. on it. was like, what? Or some, right. you know, measurement on it. It's 2019. None of us know how time works anymore. Uh-uh. Oh, my God. But it is a new year, which means it's time for a new car, which is actually an old car. <laughs> Because Ned can't afford a new one. The Chevy event is on. Happy Honda Days. <laughs> Happy Honda Days at Whistles Automotive. Oh, poor Ned. Yeah, d- was there a scenario in which Ned and or Clint thought that this car would not have been totaled as a result of what happened? That it was going to be salvageable? I mean, I can't... Me as a person would think, no, you can't possibly think, but from everything we've seen from Clint... Yeah, I think part of him did think, well, we'll just fix it. He's an optimist. It'll be fine. 
Although we, we also got this little side note here, which I, I do want to mention because I really want to hear the rest of the story. What's this about Clint McElroy having been frozen in a block of ice at a car dealership before? Thank you for fucking asking. I would also like to I second. really want to know that. That. So I actually looked up some stuff. Oh my God, tell us. And <laughs> there was a wonderful article written about Clint McElroy in 2011 in like the Huntington Monthly or something like that. And it actually, it gave me a lot of insight. And he was frozen in a block of ice for 48 hours at a car dealership. Now, okay. For 48 hours? For 48 hours. That's a lot of hours. Now, I don't, I want to see visual of like how he was frozen. Is this like a cryogenic thing? Exactly. Because I'm picturing straight up Superman in the Flash frozen in giant blocks of ice. (laughs) But I, I would guess... It was probably maybe actually like he's in like a little room that then gets frozen over. Either that or, or else he's in like very safeguarded stuff. Like um, his outfit is proof positive. Like, you know, this is nothing's going to happen to you. Let me see. Was his head out outside of the ice? It would have to be. He has to be able to breathe. <laughs> oh, no, there's no pictures. <laughs> <You can't. laughs> I, listen, Anne, I watch a what? lot of. Sci-fi. This is Mr. Freeze did not show up, and like this is not what happened. Definitely not what happened. I'm I'm imagining the block of ice was probably fairly small because they probably wanted him to not die, especially if it was going to be 48 hours. Especially for a stunt. Yeah, you know, frostbite. You can. I mean, Brittany should know this. You can. You can lose. Uh, you know, toes and stuff to, to frostbite pretty fast. Somebody came back from uh, break with their nose just black. No, because they got frostbite. Yeah, no. so don't do that, friends. <laughs> so don't freeze yourself gear. in a block of ice unless you were a radio <laughs> professional. You guys, I was complaining today that it was cold in my house when it was like sixty-five degrees in here. I <laughs> am so sorry to that person who has a black little nose now. Also, it's negative twenty-six in Barrow, and my heat is out. I oh, have no. it was Three cold in my house heaters. today. <laughs> <laughs> Brittany, I had to put socks on my feet. Brittany, it is moderately uncomfortable in Florida right now, and I think you need to respect that. <laughs> I do. I understand. It's all it's all relative. It is, but also that sucks. Do you have a little heater at least? I do. I have three. Okay, good. And they brought a fourth one, which is broken. So I'm like, great, oh, no. great job, guys. Well, great work, everyone. Don't do, plug do, that one in. Thing. I don't want you or Derek frozen in a block of ice, please. Yes. Please right. don't do that. Leave that to professionals that. like Clint. Yeah. Okay. So here's what it says. He agreed to be placed in a block of ice for 48 hours at Dutch Miller Chevrolet to raise funds for the Ronald McDonald house. Huh. Oh. So. so he wasn't just selling cars. That's nice. These boys. No. And I would assume that they gave him cheeseburgers in there. Mm. The other neat thing I found out, though... Mm-hmm. Is that his? You can get um, a sweet deal on a car. You can get a very sweet deal on a car. Dutch mm-hmm. Miller Automotive is wonderful. That's not even <laughs> what they were called. Um, but uh, the boy's mom, Leslie, mm-hmm. had a Lincoln Continental. I did know that. And that's how they met. Is that she almost ran over Clint? I I forget where I read that, but I did know that bit, and I love it. It's so romantic. It was I love so it. wonderful. I was reading through, and I, of course, the Lincoln Continental, I was like, oh. And then, yeah, I was like, this is the best meet cute. Thank it's you. It's so and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I closed my computer and went to sleep. Mm-hmm. And my students were like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, right. Miss Bailey? <laughs> so now we know the origin Good of the, our beautiful, dearly departed Lincoln Continental. Mm-hmm. It's time for a new set of wheels. And um, I have to get in here and just say, listen... I don't care what ended up happening at the end of the scene. The Ned and B partnership is real. It is canon. Don't even fight me. <laughs> this is real now. I do. I do have a real note in my in my notes that says you can't just pitch Taz gasoline with Transformers. Is Nell, is Nell still alive? I and apparently right. you are. <laughs> I did make it out. I would be literally the happiest little girl if that got to be if even just a little <laughs> bonus episode, please. <laughs> has gasoline they know that it has to come after funny right exactly 
That'll be my time to shine. Mm-hmm. But he didn't get Bumblebee. Not he this got time. The, the biggest food truck <laughs> you ever did see with... <laughs> this was so genius. What did he say? It is, it's so clever. I love that. But how he said crepes. Well, cause I was like, have I been saying it wrong my whole life? And then the boys are like, wait, wait, hold on. Crepes? Which to me sounds like pronouncing crips. it like you would en français. Like, oh, crips. he's so fancy. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> for us, for us, hobo, nobo, hillbilly, hick, redneck, blue collar comedy tour fans, they're mm-hmm. crepes. <laughs> By Monica. So I can't wait to see this car all done up. I can't wait to see the beautiful fan art of what this truck looks like after it's mystery machined up for the Cryptonomica. Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm curious how Clint came up with this, right? Because it, it, it sounded very off the cuff, but he immediately comes up with that it says Crepes by Monica. And then you can paint over it, so it says Cryptonomica, and I'm like, that is some that is some serious pre planning right there to come up with, yeah. uh, to make that 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 joke work. Yeah, I really I don't, know. and I would have thought that mm-hmm. until I read the Huntington Quarterly article about Clint McElroy and how quick witted <laughs> he is. So that's yeah, I do believe that they just threw it at him, and he was like, "Bing, this is what it's done." Da, 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 da. Here we go. Yeah, it it gave me the impression that it's all he's it's all on his toes. Like he can just mm-hmm. riff so mm. easily. It's massively he's, impressive. He's a damn professional. But yeah, I actually really liked hearing them sort of have this conversation about which tags he should pick for this truck. Um so that it wasn't yeah. just a question of what was useful for the story or seems like a good thing to have. It's something that it also made sense for him to have for yes, the narrative. Right. Um you know, so like deciding to steer away from, you know, having a machine gun on the outside of it or something that would have been flashy <laughs> and might have been tempting. Something but... coming up that looks like a crepe and is a machine gun. I was really <laughs> hoping for that once they brought it up. It's like that would be very good. It would have been it would have been funny. Um, but no, you're correct. Yeah, Travis coming in with the the reason I think it was Trav who reasoned that like, you know, he held so much stuff in the trunk of the Continental, it was Yeah. You know, making this easy connection now to a vehicle that makes even more sense to be able to house a lot of just objects and whatnot that they might need. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a little a little similar to what Clint chose to do in Dust as well, because it's a very practical You're thing right. for these kinds of stories. Like, And he, he didn't really wind up being able to utilize it in that story, but in this one, I think he will, to use it a different mm-hmm. home base than just uh, the Amnesty Lodge. Yeah, a nice little right. like mobile base yeah i like it no you're absolutely right i hadn't even thought about sweet gandy although i do think um this is my my psychic my non-psychic prediction for the future that um whistle's line about the brakes not working that well is definitely going to come back in some way in the story because griffin seems like the sort of person who would remember that i'm not sure anyone else will remember but i think he might Ooh, yeah and i'm so glad you mentioned it because yeah i totally forgot he even said that (laughs) And now people can pinpoint it mentioned here. How could you forget he said that in that sweet voice of his? <laughs> Love Whistle's voice. He does sound like an angel. I wish, I wish the only thing that was missing, and it really was like damn near perfect, is if Griffin could do that like little, sh- like I can't do it. The, he was doing like, it a little yeah. bit. Yeah, he was doing it subtly. I, I, think I that could was maybe... feel him trying to do yeah. it, but like I wanted it really pronounced. But again, Griffin nailed it. It was wonderful. And he's 51 years old, everybody. <laughs> hard living. <laughs> that was a hard place to be. <laughs> well, and just as we leave one sweet prince, uh, we are joined by another. And um... <laughs> Fan yourselves, girls. He's here. <laughs> girls? I was just being funny. Go ahead. <laughs> that- <laughs> That was the wait. That was the Same. end of it. Was just girls. <laughs> yeah, just you know when you just say words and you don't go anywhere with them. I do that a lot. <laughs> Felt like you were waiting for everybody to burst into song or something. I don't know. And everyone missed their cues. <laughs> uh, but real talk though, 
Girls, get ready. Boyd Moshe's <laughs> back on the scene. Listen, obviously, these two were dating. The fact that he's so calm and oh cool just, like, gets in the car and is like, what's up? Because uh-huh. for sure, baby, now we got bad blood. You know, they used to be mad love. There's a right. lot of tension here. Yeah. Yeah. I did write, come on, they are so boyfriends. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, everything, everything about it. Just scream that to me. Hi, Derek. <laughs> Derek is opinionated Stop about this it. as well. <laughs> he was like, I was positive that they were also boyfriends. He was positive. Positive. <laughs> what I will say, uh, when they were kind of asking again what Boyd looked like, like they wanted a refresher. And I like that you can tell that Clint has a firm idea of what this guy looks like because he uses the same terms to describe him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But this time we got a Jason Statham instead of a uh, Michael Phelps before was kind of where <laughs> right. they had landed the first time. That's what I thought. Yeah, I think I think it's um, that the the kinds of terminology and the way that Clint is conceptualizing him has more mm-hmm. to do with Ned's relationship to the character than how he physically looks, which I think is something that a lot of um, people who don't draw often that's how they think about characters does that make sense like that you're not necessarily able to pinpoint a specific look so much as like the feelings that you associate with a character um that does make total sense and i appreciate you saying it that way because i am such a visual person yeah and i and i think um that this whole interaction and and everything that we know about boyd thus far has been colored by ned's perception of him because I think it makes sense in Ned's character that even in this this short conversation, that he's kind of blaming everything that happened on Boyd. Um, and it's mm-hmm. pretty clear that Ned for a long time has felt that way, that everything that went wrong went wrong because of him. And not, you know, so Ned doesn't want to take any personal responsibility for anything that happened. And, and Boyd or Griffin is kind of subtly pushing back like, you know, this is a thing where maybe both parties are responsible or they're responsible in different ways than they would like to admit. Um, yeah, which is something that I I hope that they have time to develop because I'm I'm interested in in that aspect of Ned's character of, you know, having some sort of resentment with this person that that maybe isn't completely legitimate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's intriguing. Um, because right for all that we've seen of Ned, it totally sounded to me in the way he was talking to Boyd that I was like, even though obviously I'm a stand for Ned, but like. Yeah. It was still like you aren't taking enough responsibility here. Mm-hmm. It's complicated. It's always complicated, for sure. Yeah. And and I Most think breakups you know, are. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's definitely going to feed into, you know, at some point Aubrey has to find out what happened. I mean, I don't, Abs- I don't think yeah. they'll make it through this arc without those oh, kinds no. of. He's going to have to face yeah. the music at some point because I don't think he can mm-hmm. move forward as a as a character or as a person if if he doesn't. I totally agree. I think he's going to be stuck on it until mm-hmm. it comes out. And so I think that's going to have to happen soon. And he has been given a a mission by Boyd. Yeah. He wants to escape the country to steal this very valuable wooden sculpture from mm-hmm. Amnesty Lodge which it sounds like is made by Mama was the the subtext there because they said, mm-hmm. you know, they gave this name, but then they said, well, it's the person who owns the inn. So apparently Mama has some sort of dark art past of some kind. Mama, you gotta tell us all about it. So yeah, the name was Madeline Cobb, mm-hmm. which may just be an alias. We don't know. Her given name is Mama. We all know this. <laughs> well, maybe she got Mama from Madeline. It's just, you know, yeah. M-A-M-A. Yeah. Maybe her first monster baby couldn't say Madeline and mm. just said Mama. <laughs> and she's like, that's fine. Just, just <laughs> go with that. I love it. But I do remember when we were first introduced to her, she was selling a, a sculpture. Oh, yeah, she oh, was. Yeah. I did forget about that. I think I totally we I think too. we just assumed that she was the deliverer but that she had not made it right. like one of the right. people yeah. at the lodge Correct. had but this this seems to point to her actually potentially being the artist. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's either yes. obviously her or somebody we've not yet seen. Mm. Although it would explain it's what her she sister. was what she was doing out in the woods that she found the gate in the first place when she was looking for wood. Ooh. Oh. I like that. We've got all the canon for you here <laughs> on this show. 
So we'll have to see if um he's gonna go uh, rob Mama. <laughs> One last job. Can't you just ask Mama? I know she'd probably be point? like, "No, you idiot." <laughs> If it was, if you had a piece of art in your house that you had made that was worth in the six figures, that this says six, I right? Guess. Would you just be like, yes. "Oh yeah, what's up? Just take it to Depending give me your shiny friend." Asking. If your mama, yeah, I'll if make I can another just one, make another but... one. <laughs> <laughs> also, mama's set on money. She good. I assume. <laughs> maybe Who's maybe gonna... that's a subplot we haven't gotten to yet. Like they're just drowning in debt. <laughs> well, that's what I was. I was gonna say, Brittany. Where are, where are your facts that uh, back up what you're yeah, saying? I mean, she's she is Here's running a hotel. <laughs> she's running I a mean... hotel for people that that doesn't have guests, <laughs> right? For people who cannot pay that are like, except for Agent and... Stern. He's the only <laughs> paying guest they've ever had. had. He's Papa. He's just keeping this what roof over everybody's heads. <laughs> the U.S. government is their unwitting sugar daddy at this point. <laughs> Oh, that just made me sad. Oh no! <laughs> Agent Agent Stern is furloughed though, so he has to go. Listen, sleep out, sleep over out in the out in the crepe truck. <laughs> It'll be fun. Oh boy, is it time to talk about Aubrey now? Yes, it is time to talk about Aubrey. Okay, so listen. Mm-hmm. Aubrey and Janelle Monet partnership is canon yes. now. Don't fight now. <laughs> Which now, okay, originally, way mm-hmm. back in the day, I don't remember who we casted as Aubrey, but I remember we casted uh, Tessa Thompson as Pigeon, but now I want Tessa Thompson as Aubrey. Can we do that? I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> I remember, I do remember this conversation. You have not made Thank this up. Thank you. <laughs> Steel trap, my friends. When I'm paying attention, I remember everything. Oh, she does. <laughs> when I'm paying if attention. She is, if she is not paying attention, you will say something two or three times, and then she'll go, sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> but once I hear it, I remember it for the next 20 years. So be careful True. what I hear you say. <laughs> okay, so now I say Tessa. Who do you want? You want her for Aubrey now? Yes, I think she'd be wonderful. Okay, I could see that. I so like just, it, but I think she's too old, and I'm trying to remember the other actress who I'm that. thinking of's name, and I can't oh, right, right now. Who did we want? The Here, girl I have from another um, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Who, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes. Haley Steinfeld. That's what oh. I was about to say because she's also the girl in Bumblebee. No, 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 not no, that no, girl. No. You're talking about Zendaya. Yes, Zendaya. Oh, that is who we said. I was she like, I know good. it ends in okay. YA. <laughs> Never mind. I'm okay with this still. Settled hired stamps congratulations ladies you're in free forms new show <laughs> taz amnesty directed by wes anderson okay <laughs> janelle she's on board i just got off the phone with her <laughs> since i can't be reached she's out promoting smallfoot why does anybody listen to the show i don't know Bless you. Okay. So these girls are sparring and we realize Aubrey's still got her sunglasses on because when they're done having their little fight, she's like, hey, Janelle, quick question. Promise you won't what get What would that. happen? Yeah. <laughs> Which was very cute. Very real. <laughs> but so essentially, Janelle's the first person she tells this to, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I'm extremely amused that she has been wearing sunglasses this whole time. This and whole just time. nobody asked. Right? Nobody asked. They were just like, yeah, that seems about right. <laughs> and just didn't ask. She's just mm-hmm. too cool. And she's been waiting this whole time to do this dramatic reveal to finally show somebody. And, and Janelle's <laughs> not even paying attention. <laughs> and she not has to like looking. point it out. <laughs> like, I'm trying to do a dramatic reveal over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then I appreciate that Janelle didn't. She didn't get upset with her, which I mm. think... Shows character development for her, too. Yeah. Because yeah. initially she was very, like, no nonsense with Aubrey. Right. Um, and now you like to think she's gotten to know her more. Maybe she's gotten to know herself a bit better. And instead takes Aubrey on a little field trip to see what this crystal is really about. 
going down into this huge cavern. I was like, B oh, is loving cavern. this oh, love huge it. crystal, huge cavern. We we find out that the, the crystal, this huge crystal we see above ground is just the top of what essentially sounds like it goes all the way through the planet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think maybe, did I pitch this at some point in like fairly far in the past when the crystal was introduced that I thought that it might be like the tip of an iceberg? I feel like I said this, but maybe I didn't say it out loud. So uh, no one can now prove or disprove it. <laughs> I might have concluded this before. So obviously you did think it. And I was mm. going to say, if you're saying it now, there's a good chance you did say it. Um, either way, I believe you. <laughs> and it, it's good an work. It's an incredible mental, mental image, though, like visually. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, although we also learn as we're seeing the the majority of the crystal that below the surface that the color is gone yeah which is concerning that seems like a bad thing Uh uh-huh right so it almost sounds like the orange is almost representative of the energy it still has yeah right which yeah bad news also for what it's worth um as he was describing like this cavern and then there's this like viewing platform around the crystal i was flashing back to refuge hardcore oh yeah there's a lot of uh, falling danger here. Maybe there's uh-huh. a giant purple worm somewhere. Who knows? <laughs> Just God, be careful, everybody. <laughs> also, be careful. Don't say stuff in front of Alexandria. Alexandra? Alexandra. I don't trust that girl. Well, she I guess they Aubrey. were. I guess they were far enough away, and she was meditating and communing with Sylvain or whatever, so she was too focused mm-hmm. to hear what they were saying. But yeah, it does seem... Like she risky could be that she was down there. Yeah. Where you just keep your eyes shut. Just pretend to sleep. And pretend to be asleep or meditating, but you're really hearing All everything. All the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. All the time. Every time you think she's asleep, <laughs> no. Nope. If you think I'm meditating, I might be. <laughs> or I oh, could dear. just be listening to everything you're saying. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Also, is she so far away that you wouldn't be able to really hear it anyway? Yeah. Or right. do voices carry? Yeah. Because right. we're in we're this in cavern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It well, does. And seem maybe hush, the crystal hush. is hearing it and talking to Alexander is like, Hey, hey, go go get me that snack. And Alexander's like, <laughs> Okay. It's definitely dangerous information that she does not want to get out. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Aubrey certified snack. <laughs> Just putting that out there. <laughs> well, because that's the interesting thing. Is, you know, learning that she powered it up a little bit. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so I appreciate her sweet, ignorant thoughts of like this uh, give and take situation with humans and our Sylvanian families here. But Janelle, you know, brings up a good point. Yeah. I mean, I think if you if you come in and you're pitching this to the people in Sylvain, and then they're kind of like, okay, so what you're saying is humans are batteries? Yeah. They're, this is not going to go well Yeah, for no. the people who are the batteries. Welcome, pitchforks. What if what if this is like Monsters, Inc., and all we need is children's laughter? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what We're we'll find out We're feeling it up along. right now. <laughs> <laughs> the crystal was inside all of us. <laughs> we did learn a significant additional amount about what's going on on the planet and that Sylvain, the, the entity, not the planet, but the the uh, life force of the planet, that it's not clear to them whether it's dead or yeah. gone somewhere. And that yeah. that the the black ooze that that we know is associated in some way with this this whole uh, phenomenon, and that that's affecting Thatcher, uh, it has a name now. It's the Quell, um, and Thank it's you. and yeah. it's it's mm-hmm. functioning as an immune system for the planet, like trying to flush out these mm-hmm. creatures that it perceives as a threat. Oh wow! So so we, Sylvain we've... just has the flu, really. <laughs> Yeah, which is fine unless you're the flu, I suppose. <laughs> right. The Sylvanian families are the flu. Mm-hmm. They're the virus. Get it out of there. Yeah. And because because the, the planet's 
connected to Earth, and apparently all of this happened because of Earth attacking in the first place. Uh, Earth is also right. a bad thing to be fleshed out. That does sound like a very Earth-like thing to do. Yeah. Well, and because we also learned that not only did like this fight happen, and but then the conquering humans took parts of the crystal as mm-hmm. trophies, uh-huh. which ba da ba ba ba. Aubrey's family has part of the crystal. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were going to say they're loving it. <laughs> well, the crystal was loving Aubrey, bada ba ba ba. And then Aubrey's family, <laughs> the necklace, is almost certainly part of this crystal. Absolutely. I would I would yeah. put a hundred percent that it is. Which well, do we uh, yeah. Do we know how long ago this was? No. No. Hmm. We do not. Okay. But it it does explain how Aubrey has magic since I mean this was a conversation that we had, had and a theory that we had, had already, which I'm sure most people did, that somehow the crystal was linked to Aubrey having these magical powers in the first place. But so Sylvain, the entity, uh apparently is also the source of all magic. So, mm-hmm. right, and it's not just the planet. So, so that makes a lot more sense now. Like, how does she have powers on another planet if the magic comes from the planet that you're on? Except it's more complicated than that, apparently, because it seems that the force that possesses the planet or lives inside the planet or whatever can go somewhere else. So, I think that's where I'm still like a little confused. Mm. Just in like, and I don't know if it's just that I'm just not getting it or it's still just vague enough that it's not making sense to me like the idea of sylvain itself being like being a being essentially mm-hmm. because then it's like well then who is alexandra talking to um i think maybe you could think of it like a soul but then if right? sylvain like, left yeah but you know uh well i don't know Maybe she's lying. I think that's where, yeah. Because it seems like there's, it seems like there's some confusion even among the Sylvanians because um, Janelle says that some of them think that the planet is already dead and some of them think that Sylvain is gone and some of them think that she, I think they use she, um, is Mm -hmm. is weakened. So Mm. maybe she's she's in a coma kind of or something like that or dreaming. Maybe she's just off fishing. Yeah, so it's not, I think we're not supposed to know yet, because Janelle doesn't know. Okay, okay. Because, yeah, I was listening and like, am I missing something? No, it's <laughs> Janelle has more of the picture than Aubrey does, and therefore than we do, but she doesn't know everything, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Uh, Duck's turn now? Yeah, I was like, is there some segue about, like, <laughs> and meanwhile, now we can all lie on the bathroom floor <laughs> together. <laughs> oh duck is that where we intro to him yeah i mean they discussed it in the beginning but yeah the first part of the scene that we see is that yeah i keep calling duck ned in my notes Uh (laughs) uh-oh girl you gotta stop that duck is lying naked on the floor of the bathroom not ned Mm -hmm. wait did you just say naked ned (laughs) i did yeah because of that song oh okay I don't remember. Natalie and Bruglia? Yeah, yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Look at you. For what it's worth, Ned might also be lying naked on his floor, but not in this scene. <laughs> and it's more out of joy than... <laughs> it's just like he's comfortable that way. <laughs> so what he does when he gets home. After buying a new car, you do. <laughs> you just want to relax. Get comfy. Strip off your pants. Lie down. <laughs> well, no, Kirby. I don't know what you were expecting. This is my time now. <laughs> oh, God. And Billy's still there. <laughs> Billy joins him. He thinks this is what we do. Billy thinks this is just what you do. This is how you get comfy. Oh, we're back very in good Duck's at this. anyway. <laughs> Duck, Duck, who is clothed? Duck is less excited about it. So, I love this idea of Leo being the protector in New York, like his time in New York. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy to think of a gate in New York. That's exactly mm. what is so fascinating to me. Like, first, I love that that's where the gate was. Because then I'm like, what? Do the were there like rat and pigeon people in Sylvania? Like. <laughs> 
you know, if you have squirrels and whatnot going through now. The population just skyrocketed in those 19 years. Once an but then alligator. also, you know, you think that's right. Yeah, certainly at least one alligator person. Um, but then my other thought was that, like, I feel like bomb bombs would be even harder to detect because one, mm-hmm. you have like the city itself. And like, if we think of the way that the bomb bombs have come into being in Kepler, it's been, you know, this water monster and this amalgamation of animals. But you think about that kind of thing in New York and you're like, yeah, but if it's just slightly messing with things, especially like this latest one, it's like, how do you track that stuff in this huge city right. full of, to be frank, fucking weirdos? Like, <laughs> Right. I was just going to uh, say, it would yeah. be easy to write it off as any exactly. other person, any other mundane. Um, you, everything's just like, yeah, it's New York. That's how we exactly do. Exactly that. And then <laughs> you got Leo, poor young Leo, I assume, running around like trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. Did he have a team? God, I want to know everything. Everything. <laughs> Pine Guard, New York branch. Maybe they were called the, yeah. Concrete guard. (laughs) That sounds like a bad, uh, that sounds like something to, uh, like, freshen up your sidewalk. Subway rats. (laughs) They're just called the subway rats? (laughs) Say the subway patrol. (laughs) The, I don't know, I'm not that quick-witted. The metropolis guard. The metropolis men. (laughs) (laughs) The Minutemen. Oh, <laughs> the Watchmen. They just they were like, this comic is, yeah, people love it. We'll just be that. Hold on. I got it. I got it. Are you ready? Yeah. The Skyscraper Scallywags. Done. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I can see it now. That sounds like a group of Sky Pirates from the 1990s. Yeah, I was going to say, it does sound like Sky Pirates. <laughs> would be my from, the, from the what? From what from year? the 1990s. Which is perfect, because that's roughly when he was doing this. So there you go. I'm, I'm, I'm still keeping it. I think that's it. Okay. Leo. Got it in 42. Good job, everybody. Anyway, what do they talk about here? So Minerva's the one that does the choosing of the Chosens. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes. She's the chooser, How? yeah. She's the chooser of the Chosens. How did she choose? What about, what was it about Duck that's like, mm, you, and like, you get these powers. You get these powers. I don't. Well, I mean, I don't the, know. they they say Leo says that the way that she shares their the way their species uh, shares combat powers is through a psychic connection. Right mm-hmm. when she meets Duck the first time, he's having a dream. So I wonder if she could like see people's dreams and and she picked duck because in his dream he was trying to save people hmm. maybe or like maybe she's feeding you know a scenario into people's brains and in their dreams and seeing how they respond to it that it was like a test i like that it has to be something and then we go to the next part where leo talks about they have a wormhole in their brains and i was wondering if maybe that's it Maybe only a few people have such wormholes in their brains. And she's like, good, I can talk to you. Let's figure this out. Yeah. So that would Great. help pare it down. So even yeah. if it's a marriage yeah. of both of those ideas. Like who you can can connect to in the first place. I mean, it, yeah, it does right. say you get some real ding-dongs. Yeah. And then you get some people here like, oh, no, he's promising. Well, she certainly had mm-hmm. a rough ride with Duck. <laughs> True. Yeah. She did. She's, she's he was not necessarily like completely willing or up for it Mm -hmm. uh, and continues to not be that's true so i feel like there has to be something more here because clearly she chose him and like stuck with it well and they have to be in relation to the gate they have to be somewhere around where the gate is yeah oh yeah that's true too. because the gate doesn't follow them they have to be there yeah you right so maybe duck was the only rando who had a wormhole in his brain within (laughs) the 40 mile radius it could be that, or it just shows that, like, Duck was the best she was going to get around Kepler, and Leo was, like, the dopest dude in New York City, and she was, like, oh. him. God, going from Leo to Duck. <laughs> I'm <rough>. saying. <laughs> I feel like I need to defend my boy now. <laughs> get in here, Anne. I, don't, I mean, I, I think lying on the bathroom floor after all this happened is a pretty relatable response to the situation oh absolutely i'm not saying i'm any better clearly i wasn't chosen (laughs) 
Well, and even, <gasps> especially in his case, now that he knows, that link is broken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not only the fact that, like, all of this stuff is coming to light. It's also, what am I going to do now? And everything I've known about myself has shifted at least a little bit, yeah. if not a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah, and and he's definitely, I mean, Minerva was not wrong that the reason that she told Leo not to interfere directly and why why he wound up leaving the sword like outside of a place they'd broken into um mm-hmm. was was because she was concerned that he would think he wasn't special if he wasn't the only one which is in fact exactly what's happened so i think a lot of mm-hmm. his reticence definitely has to do with just his self-esteem that he just doesn't absolutely because he's just not able to internalize that he could be useful i guess maybe even right um yeah yeah and i think he's he was just kind of getting over that and then to to have something kind of go at your bedrock like this uh yeah i get it i get i understand why he'd be on the floor (laughs) yeah it makes sense that he's shaken poor little duckling go hang out with ned go watch a movie (laughs) with get sandwiched between ned and billy exactly what i was gonna say i was like get a get a, get your most comfy blanket go over to they the can be clothed don't worry everybody i'm not taking it there everybody's got pants on he in this called situation ahead i and guess gave the five minute pants warning it's fine it's the courtesy they know to do they appreciate it ned appreciates it now I'm distracted by naked dudes. What else happens here? <laughs> well, now I was trying to decide whether or not it was important to mention that, that Leo also drops the knowledge that the, the gates have been around for at least centuries, possibly millennia. Ooh. So this Which is, it, yeah. So we're talking about a much longer timeline probably than we than we thought it was. Well, and this is stuff that we've touched on in this show before too, because we were kind of like, okay, when and why and how of all Mm -hmm. these gates so we're getting some answers here yeah and more questions but some but some answers always (laughs) Mm -hmm. but yeah i want to know about all of these people who have been linked to these gates in some way how long has minerva been a person who's been linked to all of this tell me everything yeah Mm -hmm. But obviously this long legacy is not doing Duck any favors because now he knows, as Leo says, that he's the last of the line because Minerva is gone now. So, you know, on some level, like, that's even more pressure than it was. Hugely. (laughs) And he has the scene scene that that Justin does, which I thought was really, really good, where Duck starts uh, listing his vulnerabilities and his strengths, of which there are few. Um, (laughs) It was and it so just I was this so whole genius. this whole scene I was I was accidentally like mentally storyboarding you know all of these <laughs> all of these expressions of, of of Duck trying to wrestle with this concept um yeah of of having still having this responsibility and not having any of the qualifications to deal with it anymore mm-hmm. followed by Leo throwing beacon at him and him catching it but then you know his elderly next door neighbor Suddenly running at him with a broadsword and him just dropping to the floor and curling up in a fetal position. Well, first um, he throws Beacon back at him. Yes. <laughs> I love the image of him catching it like a total badass. Yeah. Kind of looking at it yeah. like, boom, like immediately like chucking it back. And like, nope. like it's hot potato. <laughs> yep. He nopes hard onto the floor. And Leo goes through the wall with his sword. Yeah. <laughs> that man has not lost his fight. Mm-mm. He's been doing CrossFit. <laughs> Except he kept going. <laughs> he didn't just go right. once. That's right. But this is the, the conversation we had, I think, last uh, last episode about whether or not um, once this connection with Minerva appeared to be severed, if they were actually going to switch Justin's character class, which they did, which is a huge, I mean, that's that's huge. I mean, I'm fascinated uh-huh. by it, um, but it's definitely, like, a risky, massive move. Yeah. No, it's going to take a whole new direction now yeah. regarding Duck, which I think was a very good and clever move. Mm-hmm. I think it was the right move, certainly. Well, because even, like, all of this bodes so poorly for Duck, even yeah. Leo's last line saying, well, we're fucked, because yeah. <laughs> Duck's reaction was to immediately 
not only like it's funny that he threw beacon at leo <laughs> but it also is kind of symbolically saying like i i'm not using this yeah like not the way yeah. it's supposed to be I don't intended i'm yeah mm-hmm. i'm yeah. throwing this back and i'm hitting the floor yeah. um and then on top of that yeah like you said now he is the mundane he's basically gone from being buffy to being xander like exactly. <laughs> in a scene even all of his his attributes of whatnot yeah. he's essentially a prince in need of rescuing now yeah. he's a he's a damsel in distress yeah essentially yeah exactly i mean the whole the whole game is designed for that to um be an advantage on on some level but it's still it's a it's a whole different direction to take the character in and and i i respect mm-hmm. justin pushing that um beacon's stats should be weakened as well mm-hmm. agreed and, yeah. and the description of both of them as damaged goods i think that's a that's a more interesting narrative way to handle it to be like no i'm, yeah. I'm committing to this um and i'm yeah. committing to it hard I'm not I'm not sure where they're going to go with it. I did not see this coming, I don't think. I didn't either. And it's really it's somber. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh it's interesting because Duck was kind of on this character arc. Like they've all been kind of on these character arcs, right? Like Ned has been I think um getting gotten better at connecting with other people and being more yeah. honest and straightforward, not just about his relationships with them, but with his concept of himself. And I think Aubrey, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some of the same, honestly, of, of connecting with other people and sort of rebuilding the family that she lost um, yeah. and, and getting more confidence and kind of growing up. But, um, you know, this is, this is really <laughs> Duck's, Ned- Duck's arc has just gone off a cliff um, yeah. into, into the void now. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see, how they handle that um just not not just his his arc but his relationship with the other characters and with the storyline yeah right. no this entire trajectory is now we don't know where it's gonna go yeah. it could continue to go down or he might get this dope heroic comeback which would be great but who knows and in the meantime it sounds like he's gonna get kidnapped by a lot of monsters can't wait god i hope so <laughs> <laughs> on his skateboard <laughs> i i hope they combine don't worry i'll check it out a lot with always the victim like he's like you know i'm gonna check this out and then yeah gets kidnapped always. yeah <laughs> on his skateboard for sure i'm telling you he's our he's our sweet princess peach now ah <laughs> oh, poor doug now and now oh. it's time yeah so he became the mundane uh aubrey got weirder she gained some weird and uh ned yeah always <laughs> always and forever um and then ned got some new wheels right did he get anything else that was like i think they also did some some additional leveling up or change i think i assume there were some him. change in stats that they just didn't feel like they needed to detail but okay i just couldn't remember if i had like missed it no they didn't specify it. i think i think it probably did happen something other than than just the um because i think they probably leveled the characters as well perfect okay so let's go see Gar- or heathcliff <laughs> justin blew it too we're all gonna do it every now and then <laughs> i was visiting universal studios a couple weeks ago and in their like cartoon comics uh place they have a big thing for heathcliff so gotta go visit heathcliff mm-hmm. gotta do his cat bidding and come back we'll have to take him some artifacts <laughs> Yes. And they got all of them this time. They did. In the course of everything else that was going on, they managed to get uh, the shopping done. They were on it, because I would not have been surprised if they just completely (laughs) whiffed it and totally forgot that this was a thing. Yeah. Not with Justin in command. (laughs) Not Justin. Travis. Shit. (laughs) I was like, what did Justin do in particular? Yeah. No. That makes more sense. (laughs) Um, So Aubrey gets... She asks for a knife. Now, I don't know what the shadow is. Do either of you know? (laughs) Yes, I know who the shadow is. I figured. It's Alec Baldwin. Okay. It's a movie, but it's based off of (laughs) an old... You're already It is accurate, but it's not. (laughs) I'm just like... In the movie from the 90s, I think the very early 90s, it's Alec Baldwin, and he's the shadow, and there's a terrible knife, and... Everything I know about it comes from how did this get made? So take it away, mm-hmm. Anne. <laughs> I was going to say it was originally a radio serial, um, oh. and I believe also it I was, was going to get there as a comic but... book. Yeah, but it's it's very old, and it's most famous for the 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 bit that that Clint was launching into about 
who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men the shadow knows oh okay. um, i've heard knows. that yeah okay which was their like very dramatic um very camp radio intro um mm-hmm. when the show started I so love it. yeah it's a very very classic um radio serial that's pretty much it i mean I, I don't know that the shadow was i don't actually remember him having like a mind-controlled throwing knife to be honest but see that's uh, from the movie <laughs> it really is i remember this from once again how did it get made and they talk about the knife and that the knife was a sentient being essentially and Mm. would fly around and they were like the knife was the main villain so i did see that that i saw that movie i saw that movie once when it came out so (laughs) um so it's been it has been a while yeah well thank you i'm i figured one or both of you would know so thank you from me and for any of our listeners who also didn't know what it was <laughs> well now when aubrey has the knife this uh yeah this dope sentient knife apparently yeah which is still i i, I like the the tags that they chose that it's going to be volatile that it's going to be kind yeah. of unpredictable and it may not always go exactly where she wants which um yeah oh, it does seem like with, with poor with poor duck completely depowered and vulnerable i'm just wondering how many comedy bits there are gonna be this like three stooges kind of stuff with uh, <laughs> aubrey's mind-controlled knife and this poor poor vulnerable guy in the way <laughs> <laughs> and then um ned boosts the nerf blaster mm-hmm. to now harm others and heal him which is clever i, that. I like that yes That's so good it's very it's very for 40 chess to think about not just inflicting harm, but can you heal yourself at the same time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you get some out of this? I appreciate that. And in doing so, it takes away the last boost it had on mm-hmm. it, which I think is fair. This is yeah. very much like a Warcraft right. thing. Or, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, well, I'm leveling this up, so you have to get rid of this former boost on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense, because otherwise you're just going to wind up with stuff that's really overpowered you end up with something right. like the raging flaming <laughs> exactly sort of yeah, they have griffin has learned that lesson <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute Listen. he said i did this to myself <laughs> and then duck our little lamb he gets a helmet oh my god his, his i'm so glad he went with a skateboard helmet too yeah <laughs> me too can you imagine if he'd gotten like oh if he'd God. gone with the full like knight's helm though? <laughs> like, oh my God! <laughs> like first you see this man who what, how old did we decide Duck was? Late thirties, late thirties, like, early forties, late thirties, okay, maybe very early forties. Yeah, this late thirties, early forties dude cruising down the road in like with like snow still on the ground on a skateboard wearing a knight's helmet. <laughs> Or a Viking helmet, which would, I think, arguably have been much worse. Oh, yes. They all sounded so great. But yes, him choosing the skateboard helmet, I think, at least makes it a full set now. Yeah. Wear it to work. Yeah, right? really commit I to this new I hope he also lifestyle. has um, the elbow pads and knee pads. Full safety. <laughs> safety first. Duck Absolutely. is all about safety. I would not expect him to go out without it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I but did. he's very aggro towards yeah. his friends. I did. I did very much enjoy this total meltdown about the helmet. I thought that was. I thought that was really helmet. (laughs) It was just really good, like um, character development, even in the course of these two fairly brief scenes that the duck did get. You know, because obviously there's been some time that's passed, and he told them what happened clearly because they do know. Yes, but um, that that he goes from being like totally melted down. To okay, now I have to be practical about this in some way, but I'm still really mad. I'm still really cheesed yeah. off about it, and um, and I thought that was uh realistic as he's talking to this giant magical yeah, cat. Absolutely, right. and clearly like mismanaging his emotions, yeah, and then like becoming aggro on his friends for you know they were that tittering at him. There- I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, I would have too. Let's you not, gotta, let's you not gotta point damning fingers. <laughs> <laughs> what I thought was funny is he's calling Ned an X-Man. Ned's a mundane, too. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. That was the thing that I thought was going to be interesting, too, is that we see a difference in the fact that Ned has never had powers. And so mm-hmm. he now seems very powerful to Duck, who now essentially got his bonus points taken away. Like, right. 
he got knocked down. So now he's he is on the same level as Ned, but it feels like Ned has so much more because he's never had that extra magic boost in his life. Right. He knows how to use all of his muscles, not just the bonus muscles. I feel like I need a rules lawyer because I'm pretty sure that Ned's class is not the mundane. And I think it's not the mundane. It's the crooked, but he is a human. He is, is what human. I was trying yes. to point he out. He is human, yes. but but the the stats and the features of those character classes are different. So in terms of okay, what they're able the to do. But in the concept of the game, yes. though, Duck is saying, you guys are fucking X-Men, whereas Aubrey is. Like, she's got her magic. Yes. It was not It was not a completely reasonable. But Ned is, he is a human. He's He's a human. He does have a gun. I mean, he started with a gun. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> I mean, a lot of humans have guns, I think, Anne. Yeah. <laughs> I live in Alaska. <laughs> I just love that. Because <laughs> Listen, he is a human, but guess what? Dude's packing His heat. badass stats are higher, a little higher. Like, the, the, the point of the mundane is that they're kind of a loser. It's fair. But that goes into it, is that, like, this is a thing that he, as a normal human his entire life, yes. has been like, well, I have this and I have this. These are the things I need. Versus mm-hmm. Duck, who's always had a bit of a superpower to him. That's and true. now he doesn't. Right. And now he's having a meltdown. Baby has his bottle taken Which... away. I'm just kidding. I love Duck. <laughs> I'm not just ragging on him to rag on him. It is a fun No, time. listen, this whole scene was so good. I love that this entire episode ended with a straight up, like, bad attitude, <laughs> whiny fight. Like, it, like, just picture, it's just like a pan out from Heathcliff's cavern. Like, the camera slowly going upward, and their arguing is just getting fainter and fainter, and music is playing, because it's like, that's how we end this one. And you can just hear Duck shouting, and everybody, like, arguing with each other. Uh-huh. Ever so faintly. <laughs> Echoing off the camera. It's genius. <laughs> Heathcliff just looks kind of nervous. He's like, are these three going to leave? <laughs> Checking his little cat watch. Mm. I assume he has some kind of a pocket watch down there. I think probably. he has a lot of watches, is my he guess. He probably wears a vest. Yeah. I know. I'm just picturing, like, from Griffin's descriptors that it's just this. And, and also Clint was throwing that in there, I think, about the, you know, he's got this pile of treasures down there. I like yeah. the Scrooge McDuck pit. That was it. Um, yeah, yes. but I like I like the idea the of them having horde. the cat equivalent of a dragon horde down there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I also, for no reason at all, besides I love the way it looks, I want the walls to look like the walls in Howell's room in Howell's Moving Castle. Mm. If anybody remembers, they're just covered yeah. in stuff. Yeah, that seems legit. Further down, further down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's like right around the pit. Where he like, like nests, like right around yeah. the horde, and like a whole rainbow really of cauldrons. Maybe yeah, he's doing stuff. Yes. yes. Well, we solved that one. Uh, is there anything else we want to add before we wrap this one up? I have a couple things. Oh, boy. So here's my question. Okay. Will Duck carry his hat to work or will he put it atop of his uh, helmet? Oh, my God. If Duck so. wore a hat with his helmet, would he wear it like this or like this? How are you wearing your hat? Maybe he has one of those ties on it so it yeah. just rests around. Well, his they neck. should That's have what the I was strap. Say. Yeah. I just remember yeah. he has like yeah. a ranger strap and okay, so that's not fun anymore. It's Next or it's question. a magic helmet. Maybe you could put it over the the hat, but then you can't <laughs> buckle it so it doesn't protect your head. Mm, but it is protecting <laughs> now, the hat. It is a magic helmet, but did he get any pluses with that? I don't. They remember. didn't discuss it. I think because they they were distracted by the argument. They I, were think, I don't think that okay. they actually said yeah. So we'll presume yes. Heathcliff was about to like, like present it to him so beautifully, <laughs> yeah. and then Duck was just losing it too much that he's like, "Just take this, go, please." I love that Heathcliff had been so difficult the previous time, and now he's just like, "It looks like you had a really bad week, so." <laughs> Just here. Let me give you a tasting flight of, of options. <laughs> What's your next question? Um, I my question is: Is Heathcliff Sylvain's cat? I think there are more cats. Oh, I don't I know why. But if you think about like a little bobcat, probably made it through that portal. <laughs> but he's bobcat so person. big. How did he get? Maybe so he. Big? Oh, you mean the person Sylvain? I see. Yes. What you're saying. Sorry. I feel like. Cats like Heathcliff and Garfield belong to no one. He's they his know own what they're man. about, and they okay. answer to nobody. And then I followed that up with, is Heathcliff Sylvain? Dun, dun, mm-hmm. dun. 
interesting. She's like, I'm going to become a male cat real quick. Hold on. Now we're just going to do fun enchantments. I need to take a break. It was just a prank by Sylvain. (laughs) I want to get so the planet's almost dead. And then I'll come back. LOL, idiots. Wait, so they're being like ding-dong dished by their own planet? (laughs) Yes. Yep. Okay, anything else? Uh, I feel like I should apologize for just being really excited about Duck Newton, but I'm not going to. Never. No. I am here. Listen, I'm writing you out a pass right now. It says never apologize for being too into (laughs) Duck Newton. You show that to anybody who tries to have a problem with you. Do I have to apologize for bragging on Duck Newton? Only to me. (laughs) You have to answer to the Duck Newton Appreciation Nation. I'll meet you in Seattle, Brittany. <laughs> oh. That's true. There are going to be a couple of them up there. So just, you know, be careful. <laughs> hey, that's right. We should say we'll be at PodCon. Yes. Uh, if you're listening to this on Monday or anytime this week. Uh, so January 19th and 20th, we will all be at PodCon in Seattle. If anybody else is going, we'll be around. We'll post a selfie of ourselves so you know what we look like. Feel free to tweet at us if you're going to be there. I don't know. It's exciting. We're going to, it's going to be fun. I still have some buttons to give out. Yes, we still have, we still have some buttons and I will have some wooden ducks with me. Some balance art. Wooden duck pins. Not, I don't have very many, but I do have some. So if you didn't, if you were there last year and you didn't get one and you're there this year, you can get one. I request one. I didn't know you didn't have one. No, (laughs) no worries. Now I'll get one in person. You will now. Yes. This whole podcast will have been worth it when I get that little duck button. <laughs> I just have a thing for ducks, apparently. Is that why you named him Duck? Uh, Probably not, no. but I don't know. Uh-huh. Something to think about. Regardless, hopefully we will see some of you at PodCon and we can all brandish our duck pins together. <laughs> so with that, you know, it's time for a poll. Last time, uh, we wanted to know what kind of uh, gifts everybody wanted from Terry and or Star King for Candle Nights. And without question, the winner was A Hug Me Clark, which with 63% of the votes. He was the hot ticket item that year. He was the one everybody wanted, as always. If you want some uh, some plush merchandise, ring me, McElroy's. <laughs> hey! Hug me, Clark, and be a reality. Although I don't know how to do robotics, but we'll figure it out. I can figure out the robotics part. We're all set. <laughs> and you make the plush. Brittany, you make the robots. I hug both. <laughs> <laughs> this time, please tell us which character you would choose to play for the Blue Collar Comedy Campaign, a.k.a. Taz Funny. That poll will be up over on our Twitter, at Romancing Zone. We'll see some of you at PodCon this weekend, and everyone else will see you in two weeks. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Mel Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. And we've been Romancing the Zone. (laughs) 